Today on episode 8 of the Be A Marketer podcast, you'll hear from a founder that takes pride in providing homeowners peace of mind by being their eyes and ears when their homes are unoccupied. And I'm sharing why it's important to identify how your connections participate in your personal and professional growth. This is the Be A Marketer podcast. My name is Dave Charest, Director of Small Business Success at Constant Contact, and I've been helping small business owners like you make sense of online marketing for over 16 years. You can be a marketer, and I'm here to help. Hello, hello, friend, and welcome to another edition of the Be A Marketer podcast. As always, I am grateful for your attention, and I am excited to introduce you to our guest today. But before I do that, I had a question for you. Do you really understand the role your connections play in helping you make progress with your business? Now, I say this because we often get tied up in thinking about reaching customers, people that are spending money with us. But I want to highlight to you that there are other people that are important for your business as well. And I like to call these the four P's, peers, pros, patrons, and promoters. Now, let me explain the role that each of these people play and who they are. One is peers. Peers are the people that are basically on the same level as your business. These are people that might be in your local community, you service a particular customer, and you're sometimes competitive, but probably not. You're more complimentary to each other. These are people that you can share war stories with. These are the people that you can connect with. They're going through the same things that you're going through at this moment in time. Then if we move to pros, and uh, pros short for professional here, what I mean here is these are the people that may be at a level above where you're at today. These are people that you aspire to achieve some level of greatness that maybe they've gotten to. And so these are people that also, in some way, although they may not know it, act as mentors to you because you look up to them from afar. You pay attention to the things that you're doing and you start to figure out, oh, what are the things that I can do to replicate the successes that they've had? And so that's why the pros portion of this is important. Patrons, of course, these are the people that spend money with you. These are the people that buy things. These are your customers. These are the people that, you know, come to you again and again. And then promoters, these are people that may never buy anything from you, but they love your business. They're connected with you on some level, and they love to let people know about the great things that you're always doing. And so when you think about who you have connected and when you think about what you're doing in your marketing efforts, when you're building lists, when you're creating emails, you may want to think about keeping track of the people in each of these four categories. Again, peers, pros, patrons, and promoters. Because then you can start to figure out what are the things that you need to do with these people to help you make progress with your business. Well, friend, allow me to introduce our guest today. After 30 years in the high-tech industry, Frank Fantasia didn't plan on starting a house-watching business in 2014. 
but his curiosity got the better of him after spending some time in Nantucket, Massachusetts. You see, Frank noticed that people who had houses there only spent a limited amount of time at those houses. A snowbird himself, Frank began to do some research. He found that there weren't any professional house watchers in the immediate Boston area. So Frank saw this as an opportunity to establish a legitimate, licensed, bonded, and insured company to do visual inspections of homes, looking for any obvious issues that could result in a more complicated situation for the homeowner while they were away. Now, his local marketing efforts led to one customer in year one, but from there, it was steady growth. He even found an opportunity to add an additional service for real estate agents. Let's hear more from Frank on how he's grown over the years. I told you we started with one year one, and uh, I think that first winter I had two, maybe three clients. So this year, um, we've got uh, some 40-some-odd clients that, um, that are away from the home. Of course, they're not all at the same time. We service primarily the snowbird population. So uh, when we get to be my age, we've got medical appointments and issues that have to be dealt with. So they're <laughs> flying back at home. But we do a good job of keeping track of people coming and going. Gotcha. So like starting a business, was that something that you always thought you'd end up doing? Or like, how did you just, yeah. you told the story, but like, how do you get there? Right? Right. Yeah. So I, I've always had an entrepreneurial mind or spirit, but I've always worked for an, an employer. I did have one foray into owning my own business prior to this. It was a retail ice cream uh, storefront, Steve's Ice Cream. If you're, you're a Boston local, you'll know about right. Steve's. That happened not to be a successful venture, but I didn't get totally turned off. And I've always <laughs> had this spirit. So I wanted to, you know, I've started this business myself. It was not a franchise or an existing business. It was something that I built from scratch. Did anything scare you about kind of getting that started? I wouldn't say scared, not scared, but I mean, there were obviously concerns. Having been a business person, they think I have a good business sense and I know why small businesses go out of business for a lot of, in retrospect, obvious issues. You can't take your eye off the ball. I mean, you just got to stick to the basics. Can't be pie in the sky. And in this particular industry and business, it's not something that happens overnight. As I told you, I, you build the business one client at a time. So it, it takes a long time. I work with a lot of people too. I'm uh, quite active in the National Home Watch Association and I, I'm a boot camp instructor for them. So I've had the opportunity to, to work with some people just entering the business. So there's some of the things I tell them is stick to the basics. You know, as you're doing this, so what's involved with running the business now? Like, do you have employees? Like, how does it all work out? I do. I told you about Snowbird myself. As I tell people, in order to understand the Snowbird mentality, the best way to do that is to become <laughs> one, right? <laughs> so I have three individuals who work for me part-time. They do all of the physical, the weekly house visits. I run, manage all other aspects of the business. My wife helps me with the bookkeeping aspect of it. She worked in, in accounting and finance for a number of years. So we're basically managing it from a distance. Gotcha. And what's that process like for you just in terms of like hiring? I you know a lot of businesses these days are 
you know, struggling with that. And, and how about you? How long have people been with you? You're bringing new people in all the time. Like, how does that work out for you? Sure. So my longest term employee, he's been with me for four or five years now. We knew each other personally. We both live in the same town and that's worked out rather well for us. As I said, they're part-time, all of them are part-timers. So I turned two of the three just this past, coming into this past year. So two of the three current employees are new to me this year. One was hired as a referral from a previous employee. The other was, I used one of these online services that I've never used before and uh, found this individual and uh, decided to go with it. Gotcha. How were things during the COVID period? Did that have any impact on your business at all? You know, interestingly enough, it just seemed to me, and I don't know if I'm representative of the uh, entire industry, but it seemed that snowbirds were less impacted by COVID than others. The biggest impact seemed to be the length of time that snowbirds spent in Florida when they went down, when they came back. It just seemed it was a very fluid situation. Mm -hmm. Thinking back, and I'm sure you experienced the same thing when we were in the middle of this thing, it was just pretty scary and none of us really knew what to expect. Yeah. So there was just a lot of movement and people waited later. It seemed they they waited later to go to Florida, but once they got there, they felt more comfortable and they tended to stay later also. And they came back to Boston later. But I wouldn't say wholesale there were there was a loss of customers or less business because of that. Gotcha. So when you think about, you know, it seems like, you know, you're getting into this new industry and doing this whole new thing. Like, where did you go for help? Like, were there people that you turned to to kind of figure out how to work this thing and what you needed to do to kind of get this business off the ground? So the first organization I ran into, there's actually a, a home watch association called the National Home Watch Association. I reached out to them and uh, the executive director is very passionate and um, very uh, interested in a hard worker spends a lot of time on the phone with people. And um, I learned a lot from him. I reached out to a couple of people that are in the business already. One person's in the North Shore, spent a day with him and uh, talked to him. He was very uh, giving of uh, information, sharing of information and giving pointers and tips. And then through the National Association, they offer all sorts of information too. Now, going forward, we offer the so I'm on the advisory board of the National Association. We offer boot camp, so it's a lot easier now for newer people coming into the business. So we have a two day boot camp we can offer people. Gotcha. You know, when you think about moving from you know the other roles that you had at kind of you know bigger businesses, and you coming in, you're doing your own thing. What would you say is maybe one of the biggest things that you've learned over these years that you've taken and you apply to the business that you're running now? Yeah. Again, I think it's stick to the basics. And one of the things I find is sometimes looking at your experiences when most of it's been with large corporations, trying to understand what's applicable to small business and what's not. An example of my, that, that might be, you don't have tens of thousands of dollars to spend on marketing and advertising, for instance. You've got to think small, but you could steal some ideas in terms of principles. Yeah. Well, let's talk about that. I'd love to know, like, what are you taking? Like, how do you approach marketing? How often are you marketing? Like, what's your whole, the whole thing in terms of that? So I would say better than 90% of my client base 
found out about me by doing a search on the internet. So first and foremost, your website is, is very important. And, you know, I've always gone to a professional to help me in that area. Haven't done that on myself. I did some direct mail. Again, that's not instant success. But I'm using constant contact because I, there's another part or piece of my business I haven't mentioned yet in addition to the house watching. And that's we will go into homes and do an assessment and test and inspect their smoke and carbon monoxide alarms to make sure they meet code. And I turned that into a business because in Massachusetts, if you're a homeowner selling your home, you have to invite the local fire department in. They have to test and inspect all of your alarms and certify that they meet state code. And they will issue you a certificate of compliance. So, and I, in my home watching business, I'm always talking to real estate agents. So just ironically, I kept hearing the same message from agents, particularly female agents, telling me they were tired of climbing on ladders and <laughs> smoke detectors. Sure. So I thought I saw an opportunity there. And that's where constant contact helped me. So I literally built a database of real estate agents' names and email addresses. And I started pushing out emails to them. And uh, that worked. The more I would send emails out, the more the phone would ring. So that was a a good success story. (laughs) I love that. I love that. Is there anything else you're doing with your marketing now? Is it strictly you're reaching out to real estate agents or are you also doing things for the home watching? Like, how do you kind of traverse all of that? You know, just some of the, the things that we uh, all tend to think of, you know, join local uh, organizations, Rotary Club. I sit on the board of the uh, Winchester Chamber of Commerce. So I think you have to level set your expectations with efforts like that. That's not an overnight thing. And sometimes you can't really put your finger on it. But business does come your way over the long haul. I'm still using the Postal Service has a program called EDDM, which stands for Every Direct Door Mailer. And that's an opportunity where you can put a, uh, a postcard or a piece of mail in, in a mailbox without having to spend, I don't know what stamps cost today, 65 cents <laughs> <know>. or something. <laughs> yeah. But the uh, letter carrier absolutely will place one of these postcards in every mailbox on his route. And, and it's a lot less expensive, like 19 cents yeah. per card. A little more work on your end because you've got to generate the pieces. You've got to count them out. You've got to bring them to the post office. But it's a good saving. So I think it's a good way to keep the name and the face out there. I'm trying to figure out how to use constant contact more in terms of the house watching business. I obviously use it. One of the things I do is I use it as a communications tool with my existing client base. Sure. I mean, it's not not a large base, but some of the people that uh, I've talked to previously that aren't clients and then my existing clients too. Gotcha. Are you the one doing the, the work in constant contact or do you have somebody that helps with your marketing? How does that all work out? Yeah, I do it myself. For the most awesome. Part. Great. And self-taught. <laughs> Amazing. I mean, it seems like you're using a lot of the the tools too, right? Like you're using emails, you're using those landing pages. It looks like you've done surveys and events in the past as well, using some of the automation and you're even using text marketing. Like tell me a little bit about kind of how you're getting your hands dirty with all of that stuff. Well, you know, I'm not afraid to jump into something and be a self-teacher. Sometimes that can be more time consuming and you can make mistakes up front. 
So you mentioned one, the SMS texting. So I just signed up for that. I'm a novice with that. I really don't know much about it, but I thought it, it might be useful. And uh, I've got a lot to learn there. So that's an area that I, I need to push a little more. But constant contact, I found it pretty easy. When I started using it was um, I ran the Boston Marathon for Children's Hospital for quite a number of years uh, to raise funds for them. And constant contact is what I used to reach out to potential uh, supporters. Love that. Do you have like a favorite feature of constant contact as you've been using it over the years? No, I think just overall, the general functionality of where you're able to create an email and get it out and then actually see what the re- detailed results are in terms of the reach, you know, how many people actually opened the email, how many actually went to a page, how many actually subscribed. So that those are the kinds of the things that I use. Sometimes, you know, I get a little lost with tagging and, you know, following subsets of groups and stuff like that. Gotcha. If you were to speak to maybe someone starting either, you know, just getting started with the business, getting started with constant contact, maybe even in a similar business, what would your number one tip for them using constant contact be? Good question. I would say just jump in and just expose yourself to all the features and the functionality and use it. It's like anything, the more you use it, the better you get with it. Initially, it's overwhelming. You look at it and say, oh, my God, particularly for my generation set. Yeah. I'll never get this. (laughs) (laughs) But you have. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, right. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. How do you think about the business kind of moving forward? Like, do you set goals each year? Like, how do you work through all of that? I'm kind of in a unique situation because I'm, quote, unquote, retired. Yeah. So it's not like I'm figuring I have to figure out how to pay the bills and the mortgage with this business. So I've... um. I don't have any large expectations. You know, modest growth every year is gives me good satisfaction. I'd like to think that, um, you know, I've built a business that's got a, a bright future ahead of it for itself and maybe find someone that might want to join and maybe uh, see an opportunity for themselves down the road and take it over. I'd hate to think that, you know, after six or seven years, if I decide it's time to sit at the pool or be on the <laughs> golf course full time, that I'm going to close the lights <laughs> and lock the door. <laughs> As you've been kind of doing this, what would be your best piece of business advice for someone? Set expectations for yourself. Have a plan. Have targets and goals. And document and articulate for yourself a plan to get you there. And then identify what success looks like for you. And it's different for everybody. I think sometimes we don't take the time to articulate to ourselves. So what am I really trying to achieve here? (laughs) And how do I know I got there? Well, so talk me through that a little bit, right? When you think about the business then, like, what is it for you then? Because you're mentioning, you know, it's not necessarily, you're not looking at it to pay the bills necessarily. So what is it for? So it's to run a a successful, profitable business. I mm-hmm. spend time looking at P&Ls. I have to pay attention to the profitability. If I'm hoping to talk to people who potentially would be purchasers of the business, I've got to be able to show them a, a good case that says, yeah, this is this is a legitimate business. So steady revenue growth, however large or small it is, making sure that your bottom line is still not what it should be, but maybe what you need it to be. 
if I think it, this is a good case too, where people take their eye off the ball at a small business level. I've talked to plenty of small business people and I'll bet they're sitting there thinking they make money. When in fact, if they peel back the onion, they'd probably find that they're losing money. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What would be, well, I guess, you know, I want to go there a little bit. Like, what is your advice to people then to make sure that they are looking at the business the right way? What do they have to do? Well, have the proper tools to do that. There's so much available out there from, from products and technology to help you monitor that. I, you know, I'm particularly, uh, I use QuickBooks mm -hmm. online. And there's just so many different things you can do that with that to look at it in different ways not only from a revenue standpoint, but you can break it out to say, okay, so where is my business really coming from? Who are my most successful clients? Here's one I think is too, you know, your fixed and variable expenses. And one of the things that we looked at, here's a good example, what we talked about a little earlier about what you pull from the corporate picture and apply it to small businesses is to know what we used to deal a lot with the, because I was in contracts with what is a fully burdened rate. So if you've got a client, do you know how much you need to make on each instance? So I should know if I don't today, if I'm paying someone to do the house watching for me, if I'm charging a client X and I'm paying my guy Y, what's left for it for me? And is it covering my variable expenses too? Right, right. What would you say is, if we think about the marketing, what is your best piece of marketing advice for someone? Have a budget, and I can't tell you what that should be, and stick to it, and then understand what the results are. So if you have a budget of X dollars, and you come up with the marketing plan that's deciding you're picking, say, three different uh, types of marketing to understand what the yield was from each of those so that the following year, if you're going to do that again, if one of those three, for instance, was not profitable, you don't want to keep spending money in an area that's not paying back any dividends for you. But I think it's have a budget. And I in the boot camp, I spend a lot of time talking to people about, again, level setting the expectations, understanding what your expectation is year one, year two, three, and then having a plan to stay with that so that you can make an evaluation or an assessment. Are you hitting the markers that you've set for yourself? Well, friend, let's recap some items from that discussion. Number one, stick to the basics. Don't overcomplicate things. Have targets and goals and a plan to get you there. One other thing that I'll mention is you also want to make sure that you get into the nuts and bolts of your business from a financial perspective. This way, you know if you're making what you need to make a profit. Number two, don't be afraid to jump in. Whether it's connecting with people in your local community or reaching out to people virtually, you can find resources to help you along the way and people willing to share knowledge and expertise to help you on your journey. Number three, Remember that success looks different for everyone. So ask yourself, what do I want from my business? You don't need to compare yourself to others, but rather set expectations for yourself. What does success look like to you? Now, here's your action item for today. What I'd like you to think about doing is making a worthwhile connection. 
So set aside some time to identify people in each of the categories that I mentioned at the top of the show. Peers, pros, patrons, and promoters. Reach out to people you've identified and see if you can connect. And as they say, it doesn't hurt to ask. And you just might gain worthwhile connections to help you make progress. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Be A Marketer podcast. If you have questions or feedback, I'd love to hear from you. You can email me directly at dave.charest at constantcontact.com. If you did enjoy today's episode, please take a moment to leave us a review. Your honest feedback will help other small business marketers like yourself find the show. Well, friend, I hope you enjoy the rest of your day and continued success to you and your business. Mm-hmm.